Welcome to the Uncensored Society Podcast, where guests share their insights, experiences, and tactics to help you accelerate your business. So building, scaling, and monetizing your business is made easier. And now, your host, Kay Suthar. Hey guys, oh my goodness, I have just been having an amazing conversation with an amazing person behind the scenes and she's already dropped so many golden nuggets. Now, our next speaker is an ex-collegiate and professional tennis player. She also had a highly successful career as a sales expert for Fortune 100 companies for more than 26 years. And guess what? She's also an award-winning speaker and an international best-selling author who is known as the Queen of Reframe. Today, she helps female business owners to know their value, own their power, and advocate for themselves so they rise up and become the lionesses and lion leaders that they were created to be which results in many of them, guess what guys, doubling and tripling the income in their business. Now today she'll be sharing with us the art and value of crafting truly empowering questions to open the doors to possibilities that you would never have thought of before. She also helps you get others on the same page as you faster and easier and how to take the emotion out of the conversation so you get what you truly want. Change your language, change your mindset and change your outcomes. Please welcome Carol Boston, the queen of reframe. Oh my goodness, I am so excited for you to be here today. Thank you so much for coming. Thank you, I'm happy to be here. Now, every time I speak with you, Carol, right, you blow my mind. There's so many nuggets that you're constantly dropping. Every word that comes out of your mouth is awesome, right? <laughs> and, I can't, and I was saying to you, God, oh, my God, every time I get in a conversation with you, I need to make sure I press record straight away, right, so I capture everything that you say. So I know this is going to be an awesome episode. So thank you for um, agreeing to coming on board and, you know, dropping so many values for our audience. Absolutely. It's like 7.15 in the morning here. And I got to tell you, I love the mornings. I'd rather be talking to you at 7.15 in the morning than 7.15 at night. And there's nothing that I love more really than pouring into people and teaching and watching them have a huge impact with their life into the lives of others. So I love that ripple effect. Right. And this is why you're so successful doing what you do, right? This is why people come to you. Now, before we get into the whole nitty gritty of how you actually transform people's lives and businesses. I would love for you to share with us, you know, what you were doing before you stepped into the world of business and how did this kind of business that you've got now transform? My goodness. What a story, right? (laughs) You you said I was an ex-collegiate and professional tennis player Mm -hmm. and I was, and there's been three pivotal times in my life when I trusted in someone else's vision for me until I could believe it for myself. And one of those is what got me from Dallas, Texas, after my tennis career to Miami, Florida. Um, The short version is I was going through a divorce. My car caught on fire. Insurance wouldn't pay it. I knew I didn't want to be a tennis teaching professional my whole life. So I called my dad. Now, my dad is from the deep South, right? People think I have an accent. Mm, Not till they talk to my dad. Mm -hmm. 
<laughs> so I he was in the insurance business. I called him up and I tell him about my car. And he goes, now, Carol, you know, I ain't in that kind of insurance. But if you come home, I have somebody will help you get a car, even if you don't have a job. And I was like, oh, cool. So off I go. <laughs> I get a new car, brand new car. First time I'd ever owned a new car. Off I go to Dallas, Texas, and I'm living with my second cousin. She's head of personnel for Neiman Marcus, and she teaches me how to wear the Navy suit and the pearls and the high heels. And I mean, I was a tennis player, right? I wasn't wearing all that stuff. And this is an important time in the United States. The government, 1987, had just broken up AT&T and all of the baby bell monopolies in telecommunications and brought in tons of competition and competition was fierce. I get interviewed by a company called Metro Media Communications, and they hired me. And she said, would you come in tomorrow and meet my boss, the vice president? So I said, sure. I get dressed up again and I go back and she interviews me and she sits back and she looks me up and down and she says, that's great. I'll see you in Miami in a week. And I said, no, you won't. Now, mind you, I needed a job. And I said, I'm interviewing in Dallas. You have an office in Dallas. My friends from the tennis tour are in Dallas and my family's three and a half hours away. I'm working in Dallas, <laughs> kind of ballsy, right? And she calmly looked at me again and she said, I need somebody really strong in Miami in a week. And I pushed back again. I'm like, how do you know I'm strong? I've never done this before. Here's exactly what she said to me. She said, trust me and be there in a week. And so I did. And that led to a very successful 26-year career as a professional sales expert for Fortune 100 companies here in the United States because I trusted in her vision. So there I was in the summer of 2014. I'd done this 26 years. I thought, I mean, I could do this in my sleep, right? I'd sold $70 million, walked across the stages, gotten the awards. I thought I had it made. And then I got a phone call one day and they told me they were cutting my territory by 80, 80, 80%. When I've been building this territory for six and a half years. I thought they were setting me up to fail, right? Yeah. I was getting some nudgings, if you will, at home. I was in a toxic relationship at the time. Now, I loved large corporate America. I'm a weird salesperson, Kay. I'm a rule follower and I love structure. But a friend of mine whispered in my ear about an opportunity at a very small company. I thought, well, I don't know what I don't know. And off I went. Two interviews, guess what they did? Gave me the job, doubled my base pay plus commissions, and they gave me a director title. I could just see the potential. Wow. Now, there I was six weeks into the job doing what I thought. What does Maya Angelou tell us? When we learn better, we do better, right? That's why, as a coach, I'm always invested in my own learning, my growth, so that I can help my clients, what, do it better, easier, faster. They don't have to go over the same hurdles that I had to go through. And I thought at the time, being a good employee meant you stayed in touch with your boss while you were on vacation. <laughs> I do not advocate that for my clients, but that's what I was doing in 2014. Mm -hmm. And I get an email one day, and it asked my opinion on something, so I replied right back. It was early in the morning. And I waited and I waited because he usually replies right back and he didn't. We went out and we enjoyed our day. We were in gorgeous folks. If you have never been to the world's largest hot air balloon festival in Albuquerque, New Mexico, you have got to go. 
I think I'll have to check this coming October is either their 50th anniversary or 51st. It is like nothing you've ever been to. So we went out and we enjoyed our day. It was beautiful. And we came in, we had dinner, cocktails, whatever. Ding, there goes my phone 12 hours later, right? Excuse me. And it said, Carol, comma, that's what you really think. And it had five question marks behind it. Then it said, do not come into this office on Monday when your vacation is over. You're done here. Did I just get, did I just get fired? I don't get fired. Oh my goodness. And I got fired from an opinion I was asked for in an email. Wow. Now, one of the things you read earlier is that I help my clients advocate for themselves. Yeah. Because I went through the pain of learning that I did not advocate for me back in 2014. Mm. Florida, where I live, is considered an at-will state, which means you can pretty much get fired for anything. So I didn't even, I didn't even question it. I came back, got busy, had an interview the very next day. And I interviewed all, I was flown K so many times all over this country. Companies spent a lot of money. Crickets couldn't get a job. Folks, I spent my entire 401k retirement plan trying to do what? Get a job. What in the world would compel me to do that? Now, I had shared with you privately, and I'll tell your audience, my next book is going to be called You Can't Read the Label When You're Inside a Jar. And we're all in a jar, and I was stuck in my jar. All I could see is that I was a buttoned-up corporate sales professional. Now, faith is my foundation. That's where I always go. So many, many, many months into this process, yeah, I guess I was kind of yelling at God. I'm like, God, (laughs) you created me. You know I am not cut out to be an entrepreneur. I do not want to own my own business. You got to help me find a good job. Two weeks to the two weeks to the day from that prayer out of the blue, I get an email from a woman that I met one time out of town at a conference. Guess what she did? She gifted me a $3,500 ticket to go to Los Angeles to Guerrilla Business School. Now, I tell people my God has a sense of humor because Guerrilla Business School is a foundational school for what? Entrepreneurs. Right. So I figured, I don't know what I don't know. And what I'm doing is not working. Mm-hmm. So off I go to Los Angeles. The very first thing I learned was how I came up with a title to my next book. We're all in a jar. Right. Oh, wow. I will tell you, that's why I believe everybody needs a good coach. Yes. What's one of the things I can do that good coaches can do for their clients? I can help you read your label because I'm outside of your jar. And I can help you write a new label so that you can step into who you were created to be and let go of that story that's holding you in the past. The next thing I learned was about empowering questions. And I was amazed. I was determined. This is in May of 2015. I was determined to master them. And I've been working for the last seven years to master them. And I'm going to be pouring into your audience about how you can craft them. Your audience can literally get off of this talk today and begin. They'll be introduced. They're not going to master. I've been working at it for seven years. Right. I've spoken to a group of coaches, 1,100 coaches last June. Last June. Wow. Not one of them understood that an empowering question, here's your first writer downer, folks. An empowering question never, ever, ever starts with the word why. Write it down. Why brings in defensiveness, which brings in the ego, which brings in emotions. And when emotions go up, 
intelligence goes down. It's true for every human being. It's powerful. I have a recent past client who's pushing at me to put together a masterclass for parents. She goes, I keep telling my husband, stop asking the kids why, right? And yet on the other side, I have parents say to me, my child's always asking me why. I'm like, but of course they are. They don't know how to articulate the question to get the answer that they really want. Mm -hmm. So they're going to keep asking the only thing they know, searching for that answer. Voltaire says, do not judge a man by his answers. You judge him by his questions. Think about that. It's powerful. So fast forward, we're now in the summer of 2015 and I was studying. I've been in leadership my entire life. Can I tell you back in 1971? Now I had no idea. I was a kid. I was 12 years old. I had no idea what I was doing at the time. And I lived in the deep South. And I don't know how much you guys know about the United States, but in the deep South, there are rules, both spoken and unspoken, about how little girls are supposed to behave. Right. Okay. Now, I was the first girl to play Little League hardball baseball with the boys. My mother was not happy. Fortunately for me, my dad was on the sidelines going, go, Carol, that's my daughter, right? <laughs> we all need a cheerleader. That's what I, one of the things I do for my clients and you do for yours. We get to be cheerleaders, right? Mm -hmm. So I've studied with John Maxwell and Yurka, Michael Strasner, who's pioneer of leadership. And yet, guess what? I continued to stay in my jar. Fast forward from the summer of 2015 to the fall of 2017, I was getting my second coaching certification, my second one. Guess what I was doing? What? Can't get out of my own way. I was still holding on to three unique services to do what? to sell into corporate America. Mm. Wasn't willing to let go. Wow. What do we tend to do, folks? Even when it's uncomfortable, we will stay in what's familiar. Yes. And I had to learn two big things. One, mediocrity lives in the comfort zone. Mediocrity. Can't be all things to all people doing all things. And the other thing I learned, and I give her full credit, it was powerful. Her name is Lisa Nichols. If you've never listened to Lisa Nichols, right? Powerful. And I learned what she taught me was, see, I thought I was committed to what I was doing. Right. And she said, there's a big difference between being committed and being convicted. People decommit every day, don't they? They say, I'm committed to this marriage for life <laughs> until the day I'm not. Right. <laughs> but when you're convicted, she said, you will not rest until you get it done. And your comfort and your convenience and your conviction don't live on the same block. They're not even in the same zip code, which means what? You must be willing to get uncomfortable to have what you say you want. We're only going to grow out of the comfort zone. That's right. It was, in it was in December of 2017 that I finally relinquished those services that I was trying to sell. And I became all in on being a coach. Wow. Now, when I first started, I called myself a leader and you can jump in because I can tell a story for a long time. You know me. <laughs> so I called myself a leadership. Actually, I called myself an executive leadership coach. And what was interesting is I would go to networking events and I would, I remember this one day speaking to an attorney at a luncheon and I knew I could help her. 
And she knew that I could help her. Her business wasn't growing. And as we walked out to the parking lot, all of a sudden she looks at me and she goes, oh, no, no, I, 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 I can't work with you. I'm sure you're way too expensive. And she literally ran off to her car. Wow. I thought, what? She doesn't even know what the investment is. But what I had to learn is that in languaging, what did I say? Change your language, change your mindset, change your outcome. The languaging people heard executive leadership coach as I must be a CEO making a ton of money to be able to work with Carol. And it wasn't true. So I dropped executive and I became a leadership coach. And over the course of the next couple of years, I noticed that my clients were introducing me as you got to meet Carol, my amazing business coach. I was in resistance and I said, I'm not a business coach. I'm about leadership, personal leadership. It impacts every area of your life. But Carol, I've got a question to ask you because you've gone through so many different experiences on your learning journey, right? Yes. But what is that one thing that you wish that someone had told you right from the very beginning that would have made the journey so much more easier? I can only pick one thing. (laughs) (laughs) Well, maybe maybe two or three. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. You're so funny. Uh, Two or three. Okay, cool. Done is better than perfect. That's the first thing. Ah. Done is better than perfect. Well, explain to the audience, what does that mean exactly? Oftentimes, and I see, I saw it in myself. Remember, we only see our own stuff when we look backwards and you got to do the going through. And so what it means is oftentimes we will wait. I said this to a gentleman the other day. I said, yep, you're still waiting to wait to get ready, to get ready, to get ready. When are you going to take action? But you can't do things or put things in place until you've got it all perfect, right? No, it will never, ever write it down, folks. It will never be perfect. You're all, as you grow, you will continue to find ways to tweak it and make it a little better. Mm -hmm. And as you grow a little more, oh, I can tweak this and make it better for my clients. Mm -hmm. It's a journey. It is not a destination. It is not a destination. We must, here's a writer downer. We must trust in the process and just take the next step. I believe that God only gave me a lamplight for my feet. I'm not supposed to see the whole picture. Trust me. If I had seen the whole picture, I would not be sitting here talking to you. It would have been overwhelming. It would have been too hard. I would have thought I wasn't good enough. But if I just take that next step and trust in the process. Now, here's the key thing. We must learn to trust in the process without judgment. We don't try something and go, oh, that sucked. That's judgment. I help my clients develop macros and micros. And I'm, don't let me stray too far off because I'm going to give you two more. But here's the thing. Here's the thing that I find with clients. They set a goal. Here's a writer downer for you. You don't own that goal. But you do own your intention every day when you get up. Right. What are you doing intentionally every day? And who are you being? Who are you choosing to be in your leadership every day? I have a contract with myself. It's written on a big white poster board that I can see every day. And it reminds me of who I am in order to get what I say that I want. And it says, I am a powerful, courageous, loving leader. 
I am committed to creating authenticity, love, courage, connection, and freedom in the world. And then depending on that day, I'll say, I'm willing to risk. Some days I'm willing to risk pain. Some willing days I'm willing to risk embarrassment, whatever it is in order to achieve that. But I keep it in front of me because there are times when I don't, what, act powerful. It happens to all of us. Right. right. Or I'm not acting courageous. Mm. And see, those are all ways of being. Listen to what I gave you. I didn't say doing. Those are all ways of being. So when you're trying to grow your business, here's a very powerful writer downer for you that you can ask yourself every day. Who am I being behind closed doors when no one else is watching today? Mm, Yeah, We get to to check ourselves, right? So so done is better than perfect because here's the thing. I had a mentor back in 2007. His name is Keith Cunningham. Amazing man. He wrote the keys to the vault. Here's one of the things he taught me. Anything worth doing is worth doing poorly the first time because it gets you into action. And only then do you have something that you can measure. Yes. And I've learned as well through my mentors and coaches that the first time you do anything is going to be the worst. It only gets better afterwards. Right. Right. Um, And so it's never going to get worse. So once you've done it, you just keep going and just making it better and better and better. Whatever it is, that thing is that you're doing. Exactly. Right. So the other thing is, um, I would say trust in the process. Often people procrastinate because they can't see the end. So they don't trust Mm -hmm. and they all the, the negative, what ifs come up? Well, what if it doesn't work? What if I'm embarrassed? What if they say this? What if they say that? What if they do? Here's, here's a writer downer for you. Other people's judgments and opinions of you are none of your business because they're not about you. They're about them. Yes. I tell my clients, there's only two kinds of business. There's my business and then there's none of my business. (laughs) I love that. (laughs) Right? So I hope I answered your question. Yeah, awesome. I love it. I love it. Now, when people are going down the journey of business, starting their business or even scaling their business, right, there's going to be moments where you're going to come across doubt and you're not sure if this is what you should be doing, right? Now, Carol... Has can you describe a time where you were scared during your career journey and what you did to overcome that? Um, absolutely. First thing I would tell you is one of the things that I've worked on for years, and I get every one of my clients to work on it. I teach on this, I train, I talk on this. It's a writer downer, folks. Take the words should and shouldn't out of your vocabulary. Should and shouldn't are all about judgment and they're all about making you wrong. Mm. So for example, let's say you do something and it didn't work the way you wanted it to. You immediately typically go into judgment. I shouldn't have done it that way. You just made yourself wrong. But But don't you need to know the difference between wrong and right? Isn't that what we should be doing so we can make those tweaks to make it right? No, because there isn't a perfect. What's right for me and my clients may not be right for your clients. Right. Come on, there's 8 billion people on this planet. Here's the thing that I want you to trust in. I believe God gave every one of us a fingerprint that nobody's ever had in the past and nobody will ever have. 
but it's so that we can step up and leave our unique handprint on the world. If we're hiding and or playing small and or trying to do it like somebody else, we're not being who we were uniquely created to be. So there is no perfect, there's no definite right or wrong. I had a, I attended an event last spring. I actually just attended the same event for the last three days. I always learn a little something here and there. And I got a couple of clients from that event. One of the ladies who booked the call with me from that event had signed up to be in the year-long program of the coach who was giving the event. And she took a call with me. I do this very unique $97 for 90-minute clarity to cash call, right? And people get totally clear on what's gotten them stuck, and they will get effective action steps to put into place to get immediate results. And she took that call, and she says, Carol, I have to work with you. And I said, well, I'm not going to offer you my program. Why not? That's exactly what she said. And I said, because you just signed up for so-and-so's one-year program, correct? And she said, yes. I said, she's a business coach. I'm a business coach. We do things very differently. Right. She gets her clients good results. I get my clients good results, great results. It would be unfair of you for me to put you in a position where I suggested you might try something this way. And she says, oh, no, no, do it this way. And now you're stuck in the middle in indecision and procrastination. Here's a writer downer for you. Indecision will cost you more than a poor decision every single day of the week. Mm, yeah. When we sit in indecision. Right. I didn't offer her my program. Right. Guess what? We have a follow up call scheduled for the first of June. A year. It'll be a year. She reached back out to me. But it's about choosing to do what you believe is best for you, your business, and the client without concern about somebody else's judgment. Yeah, I totally agree. Totally agree, Carol. Now, I mean, like you said earlier, and our conversation is you're constantly pouring into your clients, right? In fact, anyone that you meet, you're yes. constantly pouring <laughs> into them, right? Now, yes. I know when people, you know, they're leading and they have a team and they have a client, right, that because you're pointing into them so much, sometimes as leaders, we need to take a step back and we need to fill our own cups. Yes. Right? It's a must, especially if you're pouring so much into everybody else. So how do you inspire others while keeping yourself inspired to keep going on your own mission? What do you do? That's an awesome question. And one of the things, and, and you said you've, <clears throat> excuse me, followed Lisa Nichols as well. She says what? Fill your cup first, give to others from your overflow. Mm. You give to others from your overflow. Right. If you're an empty vessel, then you don't have anything to give anybody else. So you'll laugh at one of the things I do every single morning. It doesn't matter if I must choose to get up 30 minutes earlier to get it done. Right. I do 30 minutes of crossword puzzles. That fills me up. I love doing crossword puzzles. I will give up 30 minutes of sleep to do crossword puzzles. Wow. I, I love doing them. I spend time every morning reading. Every morning. 
that's not fair. I haven't done it yet this morning because it's early here, but I will. It's a Saturday. Come on, it's Saturday. <laughs> but I will. And I will read things for personal development and for growth. And then I will carve out a little reading time for things that fill me up and inspire me. Okay. I have a client that started with me a couple of weeks ago. And when we did that first $97 for 90 minute call, one of the things I always give homework, I hold you accountable. And we set up a call two weeks later. That's how they see what's happened in two weeks. Most of them are stunned and amazed. Right. But I recommended a book to her. I immediately understood her. And guess what she did? She went out and bought the book that day. And it, she said it was like an OMG moment. OMG moment. So I'm really good about seeing into people right. and meeting, meeting them where they're at. I go to the gym consistently. That's important to me. Um, I eat healthy. I really my. I have two things that are not good in my diet. Right. Splenda. I like my Splenda in my coffee. <laughs> <laughs> and I'd rather bake with Splenda than real sugar because years and years ago I had blood sugar problems. And so that I managed that. But um, and I, I, I enjoy having my couple of cocktails at night. I don't know if you've ever watched. I used, Last year I had a cocktail show. I, I like my cocktails. Right. But um, other than that, I, it it uh, fills me up to take a recipe that's not healthy and make it healthy and serve it to people. And they have no idea. Like I never cook with butter. I hate butter. Even as a child, I hated butter. Wow. I make these garlic, roasted garlic, Parmesan mashed potatoes that people die for. They have no butter in them. Oh my God. That sounds so good. I have this one couple this for these friends of mine. They don't let me come to their dinner parties unless I bring Carol's garlic Parmesan mashed potatoes. (laughs) And I'll never forget, forget. There was this one young man. He hadn't even gotten out of the kitchen. He wasn't even at the table and he decided he had to try these potatoes and he's eating these potatoes. He goes, they got to have butter in them. Nope. That no lowest fat, healthiest mashed potatoes you've ever had, and they taste incredible. So those are the little things that I do that fill me up. I go from you're gonna have to give me the recipe for that because now I'm like (laughs) salivating. I need these mashed potatoes. (laughs) They're good. (laughs) So those are just some of the things um, that I do to fill me. I go for walks. Maybe it's a day when I didn't carve out enough time to drive in traffic to get to the gym. I make sure I look at my day. Okay, I'm going to go for a walk at 7 a.m. as soon as the sun's up to start my day, or I'm going to go for a walk at 6.30 p.m. at the end of my day. And then what's important about that, folks, is keeping our word to ourselves. Mm. This is a big, big golden nugget. 99% of the people that I talk to, whether they hire me or not, I ask them, do you more often keep your word to yourself or to other people? I've only had one person. I talked to a lot of people. One person said to myself, everybody else said, oh, to other people. When you don't keep your word to yourself, you erode self-trust. And it's insidious. You don't feel it. You don't see it like you do with other people. So for example, okay, if I told you five times in a row, I'm going to do this and I don't do it. When I come back the sixth time and I tell you, I'm going to do this, you're going to be like, yeah, right. That's what you said the last five times. You've lost trust in me. Yeah. Keeping your word to yourself is so, so key. 
Yeah, yeah, and that is so true. We would rather keep our word to everybody else than to ourselves, which is, when you think about it, really insane. It's also manipulative because you know what we're trying to do. We're trying to control what they think of us. Yes. Have you ever sat down and thought about what are you really thinking about you? Right. What are you really thinking about you? How many negative files do you have running automatically that you're unaware of? Right. The ones that say, I'm not good enough. I don't know enough. I can't do it perfectly. Mm -hmm. Right. I'm not tall enough. I'm not thin enough. I'm not smart enough. I'm not wealthy enough. All of these things that run. Back in 2006, I completely self-sabotaged an opportunity to be a millionaire. I walked into the bank one day and I called her my, my little old lady. Her name was Chan. She was Chinese. She was awesome. She's petite. I mean, she was so little. And I walked in and she goes, there's Carol, our next millionaire. And I said, oh, no, 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 I'm not a millionaire. Not recognizing in the time that that's actually what I did. I can look back and go, oh, my God, this is exactly what I did. That same week, I used to collect wine. And I had a wine vault at this place called ABC Liquors. Now, the master sommelier, I called him Uncle Fred. I was niece Carol and he was Uncle Fred. So I went there on a Friday to get some wine for a dinner party I was throwing. And he said to this other gentleman, got to meet Carol. She's our next millionaire. What do you think I did? Oh, no, no, no. I'm not a millionaire. This is 2006. Wow. It wasn't until 2016, 10 years later, I got into a mastermind. I think it was called, uh, I think it was called Millionaire's Mindset Mastermind. And I learned exactly why I, I did. I self-sabotaged. I was this close to being a millionaire. And it wasn't until someone helped me uncover the old files that were running in my head, mainly from my dad, but from both of my parents. You can't be a Christian and have that much money. Nobody needs that much money. If you have that much money, you're greedy. On and I wasn't aware. But in the back of my mind, there it was running subconsciously. And of course, I don't want anybody to think I'm greedy. So I self-sabotaged. And you know what? We all, we, yeah, we, we all, do. all do that. So Whether we, do. we realize it or not, we all do that. And oh my goodness, Carol, you are an amazing person. I know at this point people are thinking, how the hell do I get hold of her? Right? <laughs> so please share with everyone that's listening how to connect with you. And if someone wants to work with you, where do they need to go? You can email me. My email is simple, carol at carolboston.com. There's no E on the end, just C-A-R-O-L. And I'll give you all these links and let me know that this is where you heard me, right? Mm -hmm. And I'll set aside, I don't offer this $97 for 90 minute call all the time, but for your audience, you have a pretty big audience, don't you? Yeah, massive. Okay. Okay, then I'll do five. I'll do a maximum of five. The first five that come to me and say, this is what I want. I will tell you, when I started running these calls, not only did I learn a lot about my clients, but I learned a lot about myself. Mm-hmm. I am really, really good at getting people into effective action quickly to get immediate results. I could sit here and just tell you story after story. You can private message me on Facebook. All of my social media is the at sign. It's at T-H-E, at the Carol Boston that will get you to Instagram, my business page on Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn. 
and let's do it. Come work with me. Um, anybody that that speaks with me, whether you hire me or not, I'll make sure you get a freebie that I also give away. It's five empowering questions mm-hmm. to help you make 2022 the best year you've ever had. They will totally, totally open doors. Amazing. I love it. And guys, I'm going to be putting all the links down below in the show notes. So please go ahead, scroll down um, if you miss them here and connect with Carol. She can make some massive changes, not only to your business, but to your life. So go ahead and connect with her, have that conversation and, and work with her. Right. Carol, thank you so much for coming on to the show again. Oh, my goodness. Mind blown. Right. (laughs) So many golden nuggets. Thanks again for coming on. Absolutely. It's been an absolute pleasure. And I want to leave one last thought with your audience. Please do. Remember, your job is to trust in the process and just take the next step without judgment. Action begets action. Get into action get a good coach. Doesn't have to be me. Doesn't have to be Kay. She's incredible. I'm incredible. Find someone who's outside of your jar. Yeah. That's right. right. Amazing. Thanks once again, Carol. You are amazing. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Uncensored Society podcast at www.uncensoredsocietypodcast.com. Make sure you hit that subscribe button so you can get this and every other episode that's coming out. We have lots of great stuff coming, so make sure you hit subscribe so you don't miss it. And thank you in advance for all the reviews and comments. I appreciate it so much and I look forward to serving you in next week's episode.